All right. Good evening, everyone. And sorry, we're a few minutes late. We got a time got away from us there. So uh, good to have you here on our Wednesday night. And uh, we're going to do a study tonight on um, that we probably should have done last Wednesday night uh, before Easter. There's been a lot of questions, and I actually was asked and had a discussion with a couple of people this week <coughs> on the issue about what day did Jesus die on and what, uh, what day was he crucified on. Um, there is a, a church and a, an organization, religion, that uh, denomination, I guess, would be the better way to say it, <clears throat> that holds to the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on a Friday, which is certainly not the case according to Scripture. And uh, we want to be very scriptural about things. So uh, we're going to do a little study tonight on that. And uh, we're going to be in the book of Jonah to start with, if you want to turn there. And then uh, keep in prayer. We uh, heard a report from Miss June today. Um, she was doing well enough to get her chemo treatment, um, which is a blessing. That's We've been praying for that. But, again, the chemo treatments are so intense um, that there's going to be some residual effects from it now that we need to be praying for as well, some side effects to that. And so keep that in prayer, if you will. Uh, also, uh, continue to pray for um, uh, uh, Ms. Laverne Payne and Sarah Harris, if you can keep them in prayer. Also, uh, Linda Craig, uh, Jennifer Craig is about to go stir crazy at uh, My Place Residential, and she's asked for prayer so they can get out of there uh, pretty soon. And uh, then I haven't mentioned him much, but pray for Brother Everett Scheffler. Uh, again, just uh, has some physical problems and certainly some weakness there. Uh, Brother Bob Schwabert, uh, if you can keep him in prayer also, and the family. Uh, pray for the folks at Beacon Baptist to sell the, the building over there in DeSoto. And um, I think that's all the prayer requests that I know of today. Oh, uh, my sister, a lot of you have asked about my sister, uh, is going to be getting some answers, Lord willing, this week. Uh, some of her blood count stuff came back. And when they finally told me, they, they didn't even know until Tuesday, I think it was, Monday or Tuesday of this week, uh, how bad the blood work came back. But it was uh, whatever it was they were testing, and I don't remember what they said it was, but the, the normal range was like 15 or 16, and she was at like 600. So um, something very, very seriously out of whack there. And so pray for, um, pray for her. They, uh, we certainly don't know uh, exactly what's causing it. They do have a thought, and uh, when we get some confirmation on that, we'll share that with you and let you be praying towards that. So uh, just to give you an update, but she is up and, and able to work and uh, get around. She's, she's done very well. Uh, but uh, do continue to pray for her. Uh, do you all have anything else that we need to pray for tonight that you can think of? No, nope, we're all set. Okay. All right, and uh, those of you that are tuning in by way of live stream, again, if you have prayer requests, feel free to comment in the live stream, and we do look at those comments, and we'll um, take the time to mention those either in our morning time of prayer and, and devotion time together or uh, at the services or both. So uh, feel free to put those in there. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll ask for His blessing then on the lesson tonight, and uh, we'll get right into it. Father, we're so thankful for the privilege to come to you in prayer, and what a joy it is to our hearts to know that you hear our prayers and you answer our prayers, that you already know the outcome of them. Lord, what a joy it is to our hearts, and how much peace and grace and comfort comes to our minds when we think of the fact that you are all-powerful, that you are able to handle all of these circumstances. And we ask that your will would be done in each of them and that we would be able to honor and glorify you and to be able to point men to you 
and that we can rejoice in answered prayers. And Lord, we're thankful for so much for uh, the good report from Miss June of being able to have her blood count back up. And we do continue to pray that you would bless with the side effects from the chemotherapy treatments. And Lord, that they would not be as bad as uh, have been anticipated. And uh, for the things with my sister that are going on with her blood work, we think of Brother Bob tonight and uh, the folks over at uh, Beacon Baptist with the need to sell their building. And so, Father, that you would uh, bring the right person along for that. And then, uh, Lord, for the uh, Miss Linda Craig, that you'd continue to help her, Miss Laverne Payne, uh, Miss Sarah Harris, and, Lord, some, so many people that need our prayers tonight. I think of uh, Jennifer uh, Craig over at my place, and uh, that you would give her grace and patience during this time and strengthen her. And then, Lord, bless the lesson tonight that you would give us wi- uh, clarity and wisdom that we would understand easily your, your word and your scriptures as pertaining to the Lord Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And so, Father, we do pray that you would help guide us, that your Holy Spirit would have his work in our lives and in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to deal with the topic of what, uh, when did Jesus die? What day did he die on? And does it really matter? Uh, the truth is, it does, because we're going to see some really neat things um, about the time frame, and uh, God's plan is perfect. Isn't, isn't that amazing uh, to watch? He didn't just have a kind of a general plan, and oh, we'll kind of wing it as we go along. Everything fit into place perfectly, like a piece of a puzzle. And God is in His plan, His infinite wisdom, His infinite plan of salvation and redemption, uh, all fit exactly where He wanted it to go. And uh, so it's pretty exciting to look at. I've created a handout, uh, and uh, if uh, after uh, this is over, uh, if you want to go on sermon.net, uh, probably won't be up there till tomorrow morning, or if you want to go to our website and watch this lesson over again, I'll have a copy of the handout on there that you can download and uh, use it for your, your guide as you want to uh, go, uh, as we go through the lesson. You may want to watch it a second time and, and have the handout in front of you. Uh, but I want to encourage you in this uh, that it is a very, very important thing. And so we're going to look at that. First of all, we're going to start in Jonah in chapter number 1. The Bible says in verse number 7, And they said everyone to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast the lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us and thine occupation. And whence comest thou? Uh, what is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, uh, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and dry land. And then the men were exceeding afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. And when they uh, when, then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought, uh, uh, wrought and was tempestuous. Uh, and uh, he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that my, for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, uh, but they could not for the sea and, wrought, uh, uh, and sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee not to perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. Uh, so they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased forth, uh, ceased from her raging. Uh, then said uh, the men. Uh, then the men feared the Lord exceeding, 
uh, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So we, we understand the uh, story of Jonah and that, that God has prepared this, this great fish, the Bible speaks of here, in the book of Matthew. We're going to turn there next in chapter number 12. We're going to find that uh, the book of Matthew refers to it as a whale. But understanding that it's very significant that Jonah was in that belly of that whale or in the belly of that fish for three days and three nights. Very, very important that you understand that. Now we go to Matthew chapter number 12 and verse number 40. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 40. And Jesus says, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And uh, so we find here that Jesus is foretelling the amount of time that he is going to be uh, in the tomb before he rises from the dead. Now, uh, very, very important that it, we understand it's not just three days, but it's three days and three nights. It's not just three nights, it's three days and three nights. Uh, personally, I believe that it's all of, all of 72 hours and possibly even a little bit further than that. Uh, that there is a, a distinction here made of the time that the Lord Jesus Christ spent. If we take the teaching of it being on Friday that he was crucified and that he was in the grave by Friday night, which would have been actually Saturday as far as the Jewish calendar was concerned because the Jewish day starts at 6 o'clock at night, um, then you only have really Saturday and then Sunday being the, 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 uh, the first day of the week, uh, he would have only been in the grave technically one day and one night. And so he could not have been crucified on Friday. So we're going to look at some things uh, that will hopefully be a help to you. Now, if you'll remember uh, in the story uh, of the crucifixion, just before uh, the Lord was crucified, he asked his disciples to prepare a place for him to meet with them and to have the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. And that, that uh, meal that they shared together was the Passover meal. So that was actually the day of the Passover. It's very, very important that we understand that. And the very next day, in fact, it was called the Day of Preparation because the very next day began the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, some people that have a lot of degrees behind their names that have not read Scripture, uh, they, they read a few verses and then they think they know better than the Bible, they try to combine the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread with the Passover. Those are actually two distinct days. Very important that we understand that. Turn with me, if you will, to uh, to the book of Mark, chapter number 14. Mark, chapter number 14. And uh, this day of preparation, understanding that uh, there, because of it being the first day of uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread... There was something that God established all the way back in the Old Testament. And we're going to look at it here in just a minute and see it so vividly given. That at the very first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it was to be a high Sabbath day. Now, this is not a Sunday Sabbath, but this was a yearly Sabbath. Uh, there were certain special days that were given uh, that were considered to be the high Sabbath days. Uh, like we would have uh, Christmas. Uh, you know, we look at that as the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't always fall on a, a Sunday or a Wednesday. Or there's no special day. It's just that's the day that we look at and we say that is uh, a day that we're going to uh, celebrate a certain thing. 
So there were certain things that were given, some of the feasts, some of the celebrations, that were from the Old Testament considered to be Sabbath or high Sabbath days, uh, national Sabbath days, and they were to be observed as a day of rest. Again, the same types of rules would apply on a high Sabbath day that would happen on a regular Saturday Sabbath. Uh, but uh, understanding that, um, that there is a specific Sabbath that starts on the first day of the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's very, very important that we understand the Passover is the day before and that it is known as the day of preparation. This is the day that they uh, labor. They make the sacrifice. They do eat unleavened bread at the Passover. It's not part of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but it's the first day of that seven-day Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's the first day that precedes it that they will eat of the unleavened bread. Now look with me in Mark chapter number 14, if you will, and verse number 12. Mark chapter 14 and verse number 12. <clears throat> and the Bible says this, in verse, and this is why a lot of people get these confused. They'll take Mark 12 and they'll say, okay, these are one and the same. But notice what it says. And the first day of unleavened bread. Now, if we take just that phrase, it would be easy to say, okay, that must be the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But notice what the rest of the verse says. When they killed the Passover. So this is not the first day of Unleavened Bread, This uh, the, the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is the first day that they are eating unleavened bread during the Passover. It's a distinct day. Uh, his disciples said unto him, notice this, Where wilt thou that we should go, or we go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? So this is uh, leading up to uh, the time of Passover where the Lord Jesus Christ is going to uh, have the Last Supper uh, with his disciples. Now hold your place there for a moment and go back to the Old Testament. And we want to take a look at some things here. Leviticus chapter number 23. Leviticus chapter number 23. <clears throat> and uh, we will look in verse number 5. Leviticus 23 and verse number 5. In the 14th day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. So again, uh, the day starts at even, at the 6 o'clock hour is what we're going to find out here in just a little bit. At the 6 o'clock hour, that's when the Sabbath starts. And we would call it Friday night. They call it Saturday morning. because Or Saturday, the beginning of their, their Passover starts at 6 o'clock on Friday evening. Okay? So understanding, in this case, it starts on Wednesday because of the date that it falls on. So let's look at this on uh, verse number 6. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So we know that there's the 14th day is the Passover. And then we know that the 15th day begins the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So you can't mistake Mark chapter number 14 and verse number 12 as the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover being the same day. They are not the same day. The Bible very clearly says that on the 14th is the Passover and on the 15th is when the Feast of Unleavened Bread takes place. Now, they will eat unleavened bread at the Passover. So understand that. So that's, there's not a contradiction there. There's not a conflict. 
Our Bible is perfect, and there is no contradiction here. Look with me, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, and we're going to be going back and forth here a little bit to the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 7. Paul writes, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, notice this, our Passover is sacrificed for us. So on this chart that we have, you'll see a graph at the top, and you'll see some dark squares and some light squares. And uh, I'll hold it up if, if those of you can see it on the camera. I don't know if you can see that far, but you'll see light squares and dark squares up here. The dark squares being the evening, the light squares being the morning, and the evening and the morning are considered a day in that order. Uh, we, we don't see that as much in our society because we look at it from day to night. They looked at it from night to day. Um, so you'll have this there. Now, on the 14th, uh, you would have had the day of preparation. So this would be when the Passover feast would be experienced. That would happen on what we would call probably Tuesday night, but it's actually Wednesday as far as they are concerned, and it is the day of preparation. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb. And so it's very, very important that we understand that at the Passover, that the lamb was to be slain and was to be partaken of. And remember at the Lord's Supper when he took the bread and broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. And the idea that they were taking in the, the, the Passover sacrifice symbolically there. Um, and uh, then uh, that later on, uh, and we're going to see the progress of, of things, how they worked out in Scripture. Later on in that day, uh, he is crucified, still on the Passover, still on the day of Passover. He is the lamb that is slain. Isn't that an amazing thing? Uh, that he is uh, on the 14th day of the month, that he is... Uh, uh, crucified for our sins. He is our Passover. Now go back to the book of Numbers, chapter number 9. Numbers, chapter number 9. And again, all of this trying to clarify that we do not combine the day of Passover and the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread as one and the same. They are distinct days, two different days. And that is important to us. Numbers, chapter number 9, and verse number 3. The Bible says, in the 14th day of this month at even, so again, they start their day at the even time, ye shall keep it in his appointed season according to all the rites of it and according to all the ceremonies thereof shall ye keep it. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. So again, another reference to the Passover being on the 14th of the month. Now turn back to the book of Exodus, chapter number 12. Exodus chapter number 12. <clears throat> in Exodus chapter number 12 and verse number 8, the Bible says, And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs shall they eat of it. Speaking again of the, of the Passover. Uh, and the idea that they are to partake of the Passover uh, with unleavened bread. That's a very, very important thing here. Uh, verse number 8. Uh, and they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, and unleavened bread. So the fact that Mark tells us that it was the first day of unleavened bread does not mean it was the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, but the first day that they ate 
the unleavened bread, which would have been the day of Passover. Now, in John chapter number 19, some people would say, well, I don't know if I hold to this whole uh, second Sabbath in that week kind of a thing. Uh, let's look in John chapter number 19, because John clarifies it. And, you know, I'm, I'm all for uh, discussing good opinions of people, but at the end of the day, we want to know what does the Bible say about it, uh, because we can all have opinions about things. But in John chapter number 19, in verse number 30, the Bible says, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So the Lord is on the cross at this point. Would we be in agreement with that? He's there. He's getting the vinegar. Now look what it says in verse 31. The Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day, notice, was an high day. They besought Pilate, uh, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. Again, the Bible even references the fact that this is not an ordinary Sabbath. This is not a normal Saturday Sabbath. But this is a high Sabbath, a day of celebration, uh, and as it leads into the Passover and leads into the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now look with me, if you will, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 27. Matthew chapter number 27, and bear with me, we're almost done with looking at the Scripture, and then we're going to see how does all this fit in. And then we can look and see what day the Lord died on. All right, so let's look in Mark chapter, or Matthew chapter 27, verse number 62. Uh, the Bible says, <clears throat> Now the next day that followed the day of preparation. So again, what was our day of preparation? It would have been the Passover day, the 14th. That's the day that they prepared things because the next day was the high Sabbath. They were not to labor on the high Sabbath. There was, a, there was an urgency to get our Savior off of the cross and get Him buried before the Sabbath hit because they were not able to do that. Now, in verse number 62, it says, Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, this being the high Sabbath now, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said, While he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. And so the, the high priests, these priests come on the high Sabbath, and they do something they're not supposed to do. They're, they're, they're doing things. They're, they're doing activity. They're laboring on the Sabbath. But, it, it, again, it gives us a... Uh, a good time frame that there was the day of preparation, the Lord Jesus Christ died on that day, and then the next day was the high Sabbath day. And it was the day after the day of preparation. Now look in Mar uh, Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter number 16 and verse number 2. I'm going to back up to verse number 1 because I think it's important. And when the Sabbath was passed... Now, understand that there is, I'm going to go ahead and try to give you a layout of the time frames here so that we can understand this verse a little bit better. So let's take Wednesday as our day of preparation. Let's just take that to start with and see if it will hold up under scriptural scrutiny. So if we take Wednesday and it begins at 6 o'clock on what we would consider Tuesday night, that's their Wednesday if it would start at 6 o'clock, that they would have the Last Supper, and at the very bottom of the handout, when you get it, 
you'll see two graphs there. You have the evening and the morning, and we see a progression of events by time frame. And these are approximate, uh, the references that the Bible gives to us. Um, at 6 o'clock, roughly, the evening began. So this would have been now, even though it was Tuesday night, according to us as Gentiles, for them it was Wednesday already. This was the day of preparation. It was already the 14th. At 6 p.m., uh, they have the Last Supper. They, ha they have the Passover meal together. At 9 p.m., they go into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. At around midnight, Jesus is uh, brought to the temple and tried by the priests in the temple. And then by about 3 o'clock, they bring him before Pilate. And he's there for several hours. Again, now it transitions to morning time, but still just the middle of the day for them. And again, from 6 a.m. to about 9 a.m., he's before Pilate. Now, notice that at 9 a.m., and this is, this is figured based on when the sun rose or the time of the dawning, uh, they, would, they would say, okay, the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, those were not numerical times based on the clock. Those were hours from sunrise. So uh, the third hour would have been around 9 a.m. Uh, and so at the third hour, and the Bible refers to that, uh, the Lord Jesus uh, leaves Pilate. He's taken up to Golgotha and is crucified. Uh, about the sixth hour, he's been on the cross for a while now, the darkness falls. And if you remember about that, and it says about the sixth hour that this took place. At the ninth hour, uh, they're getting pretty close here now to uh, the, the Sabbath, the high Sabbath coming, because the high Sabbath is going to be here at 6 o'clock. So at 3 o'clock, uh, the... the uh, uh, guards come or, uh, go around at the ninth hour, and uh, we just read about that, to break the legs of those that had not died yet. And when they came to the Lord Jesus Christ, they found that he had already died. So about 3 o'clock or so in the afternoon. So at that point, Joseph goes, and he begs for the body, and he gets it, and they take three hours to prepare his body, and they get him in the grave, and they have him in the grave before the high Sabbath begins at 6 o'clock on that Wednesday night. Uh, what we would call Wednesday night, but it's the beginning of their Thursday. On Thursday, uh, again, which began at 6 o'clock on our Wednesday, they have this, this high Sabbath, so nothing can be done. Very important that we understand this, that there is a difference, and, and it gives us the idea, and the only way that Scripture will match up with this is if there are the two Sabbaths in that week, the high Sabbath and then a regular Sabbath, because the ladies uh, go and they get spices and they prepare the spices for the burial of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that? And in fact, they wait until the first day of the week to come because they are not allowed to come and bring the spices on the Sabbath, the regular Sabbath. So they have to wait till the first day of the week. Now, so let's come back to Mark chapter 16. That kind of brings you up to speed so far. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Solomon, had, brought, had, had bought... Past tense, they've already bought these sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre. So when did they go and buy these spices? The only time that they would have had to buy the spices would have been on Friday. Because you had the high Sabbath that was on Thursday. You had Friday was the only day available. And then on Saturday, you have the Sabbath again. And so they would have had to buy the spices. They would have had to prepare the spices on Friday. Then you have another Sabbath, and it says here in verse number 1 of chapter 16, and when the Sabbath was passed, this is not speaking of the high Sabbath, 
that happened uh, two days earlier, but this is the Sabbath that falls on a Saturday. And then they come the first day of the week. And uh, so it's very interesting to see this. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. Uh, so again, they, the Lord is already risen. If you read on down there, the Bible says in verse 3, And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. So they're coming <clears throat> at the very first glimmer of light on the first day of the week. But understand that the first day of the week had actually started probably seven, eight, nine hours earlier at 6 o'clock on what we would consider Saturday night. So looking at our chart, if you look at the Last Supper taking place on the 14th, the day of preparation, which is when it's supposed to according to the Old Testament, that would have been a Wednesday, and that was the day of Passover. The Lord would have been crucified before the sun came down, before that 6 o'clock hour on the 14th of Wednesday, fulfilling the fact that He is our Passover sacrifice. That's, that's an amazing thing to think about. And then at 6 o'clock begins the high holy day. So we have a night and a day so far that He is in the tomb. Then we have a Friday that is able for the ladies to go out and buy and purchase the spices and to prepare them for the burial of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have, again, another night and another day. So far, two nights and so far, two days. And then we have the Sabbath that falls on a Saturday, the 17th. Again, we have a night and a day. Now, we do not know the exact moment that the Lord rose, but this fits what the Bible says. For Him to have been crucified on a Wednesday and to rise again, the Bible says in a couple of places that when they came at the morning time of the first day of the week, that he was already risen. There is a reference of Scripture, and I don't know if I've got it here in front of me. I don't have that one in front of me, and I'll get it for you if you'd like to. That says specifically that he rose on the first day of the week. It doesn't say very early in the morning, though. It just says on the first day of the week. So somewhere between... 6 o'clock on Saturday night and the dawning of the day on Saturday morning, our Lord rose from the dead. And you can put it in there however you want to. Now, this is all using the Jewish way of looking at things, the Jewish time scale. In the handout, when you get it, you'll see that I've got little gray marks up above that time scale. And those are representative of midnight according to the, Jew, or according to the Gentile uh, way of thinking. And again, even if you take the Gentiles' calendar, all of this could still have easily been done uh, within the same time frame and still could have happened with the Lord rising on the first day of the week. Because it was a setting of the Jews and the Jewish time, I, I firmly believe that they were writing with reference to the Jewish calendar. So we find that he was uh, uh, crucified on the 14th and buried. He had the night in the day of the 15th, the night and day of the 16th, and the night and day of the 17th. And then came the morning. Then comes the dawning of the first day of the week. And the disciples and Mary come to the tomb, and He is risen. He is already risen at that point. So, again, you'll find a lot of things here. Uh, if you look at the, um, the morning and the evening time, you see uh, the timeline for, for the Wednesday, the, 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 thir the 14th. 
how that he had the Last Supper. Uh, he had the prayer in Gethsemane at midnight. Jesus was tried in the temple before Pilate uh, into the early morning hours. He was crucified about 9 o'clock, somewhere in that area. The Bible says about the third hour. Uh, about the sixth hour, the darkness fell. And about the ninth hour, they came to break the legs and found out that he was already dead and he was taken by Joseph and buried. And so uh, I wanted to leave this with you. Uh, I hope it will be a help to you. Uh, it is important because our Lord fulfilled every prophecy that was given about Him. And if it tells us in the Scripture that He is our Passover, then it was important that He was crucified on the day of the Passover. It was very important that He fulfilled that role as the sacrifice, the Passover sacrifice, and the one that brings redemption to mankind. So I hope that will be a help to you. And uh, like I said, after the fact, if that has been confusing listening to it, uh, I will put this uh, on. In fact, I'll go down to my office after the service here tonight in about an hour. Within about an hour, I will have the handout up there on the a website for you. Uh, go to keithaheightsbc.com, and you can go down to uh, the, uh, the video viewer and cl click on this service, and you'll find a place there where you can download the handout. And so I want to encourage you in that. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to give me a call. We'll be glad to discuss it with you and talk with you about it. But uh, this is probably one of the clearest and easily defined by Scripture uh, presentations of uh, when did the Lord really, uh, when was He crucified? Um, I, don't, I don't celebrate Good Friday. I uh, don't believe that was the day the Lord was crucified. Uh, probably in the, in the next year, beginning next year, one of our members suggested we ought to celebrate that Wednesday night before. Uh, because, again, it was on a Wednesday night that this took place. And uh, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll take a look at that. We might start celebrating uh, Good Wednesday or something like that. <laughs> we'll start a new tradition. Um, but, uh, you know, if somebody gives me the day off on Friday, if I'm working a secular job, I'm going to take the day off. It's a day off. But we don't have to condone or, or celebrate the, the Friday time frame because that, that would not meet the criteria uh, of what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross. So I hope that will be helpful to you, uh, certainly informational to you. And uh, if people ask you or there's a discussion, you can take them to these Scriptures. And really the Scriptures are very, very, very clear. We can see uh, exactly when he, was, uh, when he was crucified, or no, pretty close almost even to the hour when he was crucified. We, the resurrection, there's probably a little bigger window there, but still it all fits in the first day of the week. And that is in agreement with Scripture. And I'll tell you, it just once again confirms that there are no contradictions and there are no errors in our King James Version of the Scriptures. And be careful, some of the other versions don't have the wording the same way, and you cannot show those things from those versions. So be careful of that. Uh, we believe that the King James Version is the preserved, inerrant, infallible Word of God. And uh, it has been carefully preserved without error. And so I would hold to that. And if you're going to study this, I would urge you to use that uh, as Scripture if, you don't, if you're not normally in the habit of that. All right, let's bow our heads in prayer. We'll be dismissed. Father, we're so thankful for your death on the cross. Lord, as we've spent some time even this week rejoicing in your resurrection. Lord, to see all of the things that you fulfilled when we realize that in every point you are our Lamb that was slain from the foundations of the earth. You are our Redeemer. You are our Savior. Lord, what a joy it is to our hearts to see that you fit the, the, the need in every aspect, that you filled every role in, in Scripture that was given for a, a sacrificial Lamb. 
And Lord, what a joy it is to our hearts to realize that you died once for all for the redemption and the, the forgiveness of man's sins. And then, Lord, we do pray that you'll bless as we travel home. Give us safety, those that are listening by way of the live stream. I pray that you would encourage them through the teaching of your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you.